Welcome to an inspirational Sunday message from Found Church. We hope you will be challenged and encouraged while listening to this message. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our church website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Good afternoon. Now, is everybody? How are we doing? It's great to be with you today and uh, privileged to uh, join with you this Sunday. It's always good to, to come back and see what God's doing here. And uh, I'm going to share a bit of what we've been, what, what life's been like for us, uh, what God's doing in Shetland, and uh, yeah, just share a bit of our story as we get into God's Word today. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 6, but uh, as we do that, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the, the privilege again of, of being here, Lord, with, with your people. Thank you for all you're doing in this church, Lord. Thank you for the great truths that we've been singing and declaring today about who you are, Lord, the power that's in your name, Lord, the fact that the battle does indeed belong to you. And uh, Lord, we thank you that, uh, Lord, that's not just stuff we sing, that can be our lived experience, Lord, the, the reality of who you are. So Father, as we get into your word now and look at this great passage, Father, I pray you will speak to every heart in here. Lord, I pray that we will put into practice what you're calling us to put into practice and live out, Lord, that we might stand firm in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 6, and we're going to read from verse 46, which says this, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins." As I said, it's, uh, we're, Dad says we're now pastoring in Shetland. I'm sure most of you are aware of that. We, uh, we felt led to, to go to Preswick first for a couple of years, and we were there for, for two years. And then in 2017, we moved up to Shetland. So we've been there in July. It'll be six years since we've moved up. And uh, I want to just be honest with you this morning. As I say, this is, uh, always feels like family when you're here. But I want to share about the reality of what life is like. You know, sometimes it can be easy. And, you know, if you look at Shetland on Instagram, you'll see lots of amazing pictures of what Shetland looks like. Beautiful place. Uh, it's always dramatic. You're never more than three miles from the sea. And uh, there's uh, amazing. I, I sometimes drive from our house into Lerwick and I think, well, my commute could be worse than this. That's for sure. Uh, you know, when you're driving along the cliffs and coast and all that sort of stuff. But but, but how many of us know that life's not always like what it is on Instagram? And, uh, and as I said, I just want to be honest because last time I was with you, I was sharing a little bit about where we were with our building project. And uh, I think it was last summer. And uh, I think we were at the point where we were uh, put forward our planning application for approval. It had been gone through everything that needed to happen, uh, but it was to go to the planning committee where it was going to be determined whether it was going to be approved or not. As I said, it was put forward, recommended for approval. And I remember sitting in the, the, the meeting, uh, sitting in my car, sorry, before the meeting, and I was just praying uh, to the Lord. I was like, of all the things, Lord, it had been a long journey. 
I mean, we started the, the, the journey with this in June 2019. So that'll give you an idea of where it's been with the, the walking towards uh, this building. And I remember sitting in the car and I was like, Lord, I just want a resolution of this. Of all the things that can happen, Lord, please don't let this be deferred. And then the decision was that it was deferred. And, uh, you know, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers like we would want him to. Uh, I'm sure we've all been there at times, and uh, we know that, uh, you know, that's, you know, he, his ways are higher than our ways, as the scripture says. And, uh, you know, I, I remember going away, there was no real grounds for it to be deferred. Um, the, the, uh, they just had asked for more information on how the traffic management and all that was going to happen. I mean, we're part of a much larger development up there. But uh, it was deferred until December. This was in September, and it was deferred for till the next or two, two meetings later. And I remember thinking at the time that everything up until this point of the building journey, although it had been long, it had been fairly straightforward. I mean, COVID was in the middle of that, so it delayed everything, but, but uh, it had been pretty much straightforward. And, and then two weeks after our planning decision, I was sitting at my desk, it was just a normal Tuesday, like uh, what can be in, in our week. And and, and I remember just within five minutes, it was not long before lunchtime, I had three emails came into my emails, and it was uh, three different local media outlets asking me to respond to a story uh, about, uh, just came totally out of the blue, uh, that, as I said, there'd be no incident related to us as a church. We'd done nothing wrong. Those who were, uh, you know, just challenging uh, different aspects of what we would believe as a church and, uh, or, or, you know, making accusations in, in other ways as well of, uh, of who we were. And, and they just came out of the blue. And I remember sitting at my, my computer and thinking this was probably, my heart sank. It was, it was the, the worst nightmare scenario really that could happen. And they'd made a decision, they, they, those who campaigned, it was two people, and they'd got the local press to meet them at the town hall as they uh, like, kind of uh, met with, with some of the local councillors. They, they, they had no prior knowledge of the meeting, and they'd taken a, a photographer with them, so they tried to create as big a stir as what could happen. And I'd just been asked to respond to this. And it probably was at the, the point which set off, which in the last 10 months or so, has been the, the hardest time that we've ever had in ministry, certainly, probably in our lives. Mike Tyson, the boxer, once said this, everyone has a plan till you get punched in the face. And, and there's a lot of truth to that. It might not be the deepest quote of all time, but, uh, but it's true. And that day was a punch in the face. But what happened was that uh, that, the, the, that was a Tuesday, and on a Friday, we were the front page of the paper. Probe into New Life Church links with council and all the stuff that came with that as they made a whole pile of false accusation against us. And, uh, and I remember, like, it would happen every week after that. The, the last, say, 10 months, where there's been eight weeks where we've not had a newspaper article about us. Or a, or a local media on the radio or whatever it's been. It's been just this constant stream of, of having to, to deal with, with this sort of thing because those who were opposed to us, they, they used the media very well and uh, just decided that they were going to continually throw mud until they hoped that something would stick. 
You know, the, the reality of life is that, uh, and of what we are part of, is that not everyone loves the church and not everyone wants to see it flourish. But Jesus did say, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And uh, I'd say particularly in Shetland because of the, the way that, I suppose, the population, local news. I mean, no news is news in Shetland. I mean, we, we send things back and forward sometimes to Tiff and I just about, how did this make the news? Uh, not just about us, but about different things. Tiff's dad, when he moved to Shetland, he remembers very clearly one of the first newspaper headlines that he saw was, Wallet Not Stolen. And uh, so it kind of gives you an idea as to, you know, no news becomes news. So, uh, and with the, the site that we are part of being such a, I suppose, high-profile part of, of the media, it just just was constant. And particularly in the lead up to Christmas, and there was pressure that was put on the, the planning committee, and uh, our, our planning permission in December was rejected. There was no grounds really that were planning grounds for that, but it was rejected. And every week there was, I said, something new would come. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just a challenge in time. It was so constant. That was the upfront stuff that was taking place. It was public, but Behind the scenes, there was stuff going on that we had to get the police involved with. And every week, the amount of time that it would take just to respond, because your words matter in what you're saying in these things. So it takes so much time to go through. And it got to the point where, like, I'd say by December, we were pretty short. You know, it's never really experienced a time where I was so mentally, like, had no capacity left. We weren't really sleeping. And we were giving it all to the Lord. Like, you know, that's what we do. But, but uh, you know, there was still that, that challenge of just the constantness of it. Every time my emails would go off, I would, they would do something physically to us. Uh, I remember waking up or, you know, I weren't really sleeping, but you're kind of dozing. I'm just aware at half two in the morning. Tiff wasn't there. I was like, where is Tiff? And I go through to the living room and she's just on, the, on her knees on the rug sobbing, like just breaking her heart. Because it's like, God, when, when will this end? It's like that was sort of the, the feeling that was coming because it was so constant. And... Uh, we came down at Christmas, and maybe some of you met us at Christmas at the Christmas Eve service. We probably weren't in our best frame of mind at that time. But, but the blessing of God in the middle of it was, was good because we even had the chance to come down at Christmas. And we just experienced intense opposition on what was, I believe, an injustice. I would get nervous at times walking into Tesco's because, again, I would, they put my picture in the paper, so I knew people at times would know me. My, there was some funny stuff as well. Like, I mean, some of the Facebook online stuff was pretty brutal. But uh, one of the guys had said, uh, he'd says, oh, that's where the third proclaimer went. So, like, you know, there was, there was some funny stuff, but it makes you aware that there's people know who you are. And they, because, you know, they, they recognize you. And, and uh, you know, that sort of thing was, was hard. Everybody has a plan till they get punched in the face. And as I said, in the middle of this, we've just seen, we've seen at times the blessing of the Lord. We've seen how he's protected our kids through this. We've seen how the church has stayed strong and even grown. There have been times since the beginning of the year where I was away with Stephen and, and Peter here in Laos and just had a wonderful time of just being able to breathe for a, a bit. But I, I do feel that, that I was reading in my devotions a couple of months ago about Jacob and how he wrestled with God and God blessed him, but he walked with a limp afterwards. And, and that's probably how I feel, and some, to some extent, still do at times. But as I said, God has, has blessed us in the middle of this. 
Why am I telling you all this? To, I don't want to be negative about life. That's, that's life. It just as I said, been the toughest season of our lives. But I want to be real with you because many of you have prayed and many of you have written messages to us. And I know some of you have been fasting and praying. The amount of people who said to me after the first service, we pray for you every day. It means a lot. And, you know, I know I want to give you an update on what's, what's happening. But I also want to be real about the reality of life is that storms come. And sometimes they come and we, don't, we can't plan for them. Matthew 8, 24 is a good example. And Jesus is, you know, when the, the disciples are crossing to the other side of the lake, and it just says, suddenly a great storm arose. You see, sometimes in life, we know that there's things on the horizon. In, in our world today, we look and see what the weather's going to be like. We check the GPS. I watch Formula One, and it sometimes is so accurate. It says, rain is coming in five laps time. And you know, it's going to spice up the race. It's going to make it a bit more exciting. And, but, but life isn't always like that. Sometimes just suddenly a storm arises. And as Christians, we're not immune to challenge and storm and pain. As Christians, you know, we go through them like everyone else. But, but we, we have a different perspective because we know that God can use these times, that God can use the storms that we face. And sometimes God, in His grace, does give us a heads up. He does give us a warning about what's on the horizon. Some of our storms can be self-inflicted because of things that we do. But then there are storms that just rise suddenly, like it says in Matthew 8. I heard somebody once say that sometimes you're either, in life, you're either heading to a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you've just come through a storm. And, and you know, it's quite a negative way maybe to look at things, but, but it's, there's a truth to it. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, because I've overcome the world. And, and while we, we know and we, we experience and we see, we, we, we can know for real that he is the master of the storm. He is the one who the wind and waves do indeed still know his name. And this morning, I, I, I don't want to be honest, or I want to be honest and say that, you know, we've not came through this and, and been the model example of how to come through a storm. But I do know this, I've learned some things as we've gone through this. And I want to share with them just really on this theme this morning. That's why I bought this, it brought these, uh, these things. Now, I had a different hard hat, first of all, but John Stark wanted me to give free advertising to his company. So, James, he didn't think your hat was, was okay. But uh, he, he's given me this. What he didn't tell me is, and you can challenge him on this, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's sponsorship, so it needs to go to the building fund or something like that. Um, but, uh, but I want to challenge you on the topic this morning of digging deep. Digging deep. You see, what Jesus is doing here is he's giving us wisdom as we look into this passage on how we can stay standing. And, and it's, I, I want us to think spiritually this morning about getting our hard hats on, picking up our spades and digging deep. I called it a shovel in the first service, although I did change the spade. I do know what tools are. My wife would question that at times, but uh, I do know what tools are. But I want us to look just in this passage at some things that Jesus talks about and encourages us to dig deep. You see, this is from a, a, where we read it from, it's called the Sermon on the Plain. There's a similar story in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. But I, I believe that there are some things that we can learn about how we can manage storms as we go through them in life. See, Jesus said these words, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation. You see, we've known this story, and, and it's not wrong. It's about, you know, sometimes we've called it the wise and the foolish builder. Or we've, we've seen those people who build the house on the rock or, or on the sand. We've sang songs about it in, 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 in Sunday school. But this is, a, this is actually a passage about obedience, and it's, in a, passage about, it's a 
passage about digging deep and, and, and digging good foundations. You see, obedience isn't always easy. And Jesus says, it's, it's about those who put my words into practice. That's, that's what it's like to dig deep foundations. Obedience isn't always the easy option. Sometimes it's the hard option. I mean, Jesus himself was obedient even to death on the cross. So there's, obedience isn't always the easy option. But, but in doing that, and if we dig as we are encouraged to in this passage, if we come to him, if we listen to his teaching, and if we lay the foundation on the rock, then this happens before the storm comes. Then when the storm comes, we will stand firm. You know, as you look back in your life, and I know there's many people here who are Christians who have been Christians for a long time, you look back and you'll see the faithfulness of God. You'll look back and you'll see the times where you've dug before that have sustained you as you've gone through the, the challenging times in our lives. And I want to just talk about three quick things this morning that, uh, that will help us to pick up our spades, to put on our hats, and to dig deep. And the first one is this, that we need to choose to, choosing to dig on a good day will determine how we stand on a bad day. Choosing to dig on a good day will determine how we stand on a bad day. That was uh, really something that when we first, in September, when things kicked off, we had a couple who came and did like a, a, a marriage, a couple's night with us. And when they, when they were doing that, they says that they'd made a decision on a good day how they would be with each other on a bad day. I thought it was really good advice, and, and, uh, and it, you know, maybe it can sound at times a little bit idealistic, but there's a principle there that's true, that we can choose how we are on a good day, and I think it applies to this when it comes to digging. If we choose to dig good foundations when, when we're in the good times of life, it will help us to stand when things get bad. You know, when it comes to our life, that uh, we've got to prepare for the storm before the wind picks up. They say that a third of the UK population will admit to praying once a week. Now, some of those might be prayers that are in their devotional life. Some of them might be routine. Some of them may be praying for their team to score in the last minute of a cup final. Some of them, I would, I would imagine, are because they've, the time is hard and they don't know where to turn. So they think, well, I'll just try prayer because actually that might work. Because sometimes the default or what we do in our lives is that we turn to prayer when things get hard, it's a way to turn because we, we, we hope that a higher power out there may be listening and may help us because we don't know where else to turn. But as Christians, we know that, that when it comes to our walk with the Lord, it's about relationship. And it's not just about digging when times are hard. It's not just about turning to prayer when things get, get, get tough. Yes, I'm grateful and I will always be grateful that God is there and an ever-present help in time of trouble. But, but actually, it, that, that often we, we, we develop and we know who God is. We, we know about his character through the times we develop that relationship every day in our lives through the good times and through the bad times. And I want to challenge us that when it comes to walking in our relationship with the Lord, let's pick up our shovel, let's put on our hard hats, and let's dig in that relationship. You see, sometimes people say that they store, store up for a rainy day, that when the rainy day comes, that they've got reserves there. Well, think about that. When it comes to our lives, we've, we've already seen the faithfulness of God. We know who He is through because we've chosen to dig on a good day so that when a bad day comes, we draw from that. And the Bible talks about this in other areas. Young people, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 says, Remember now in your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble 
come. So before the trouble comes, we have to remember our Creator. There's something of a principle there. We ought to put the consistency in our lives of praying and digging into God's Word, getting to know who He is in that relationship because of how, uh, because we know that when we dig on a good day, it prepares us for a bad day. Shetland is, as I said, a beautiful place and and uh, I'm amazed at the amount of times that there seems to be a higher percentage of good days on a Sunday. You know, you sometimes are driving along the road and it's flat calm. Sunday morning, you're on your way to church. And I have to go to church. I'm the pastor. But, uh, you know, there's times where you think, like, oh, it's a beautiful day. Why couldn't this have been like this yesterday or something like that? And, but, you know, and this, today is, so far, it was a good day. I don't know what it's still like. But uh, you've had some great weather here. And you're here. You know, what you've done is you've chosen on a good day how you're going to be on a bad day because you've chosen to be and, and put into practice biblical principles, not neglecting the, the meeting together, as Hebrews says. You've chosen to be in the house of God because who you're choosing to dig on a good day determines how you'll stand on a bad day. So important. I choose to put that discipline in my life so that hopefully our kids will grow up understanding the value of these things too. They'll see that you know, getting into the house of God is not just a, an optional extra, but actually it's what we do. It's who we build our life upon. It's how, you know, He is the center of our lives. So when it comes to our relationship, let's make sure that we're digging into the Word and into our prayer life. Get into God's Word every day. You know, we, we've been blessed this weekend. We were at my brother-in-law's last night. I've got my mom's for lunch. There's something amazing about, you know, family get-togethers and those meals that you have at those times. Brother-in-law cooked this amazing barbecue st- stuff last night. Mom's got beef olives, favorite. It's all good. It's always a, you know, when you're with, you've got these special meals. Do you know that not every meal that you have is a special meal? Every meal, but, but you know, we eat most days, every day, I'm sure. Three times a day, sometimes more. And, uh, you know, we, because we, we understand that not every meal you Instagram and is that special occasion, but every new meal provides sustenance and nourishment to our lives. You know, sometimes we, 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 when it comes to our relationship with the Word of God and, and how we, we walk through life, and, 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 you know, I hope that we're not just digging on a bad day. I hope that actually we're putting that principle in our lives of daily getting into God's Word because, you know, the stuff that we dig on a good day will help us when we get to a bad day. It's so important. And we talk, and, and, and it's true, you know, our faith is a relationship, it's not a religion, but, but actually there's some good practices that we need to religiously put in our life every day, because who we choose to dig on a good day determines how we stand on a bad day. The second thing I want us to understand when it comes to picking up our spade, yes, choose to dig on a good day, but also choose to dig deep into the right areas. You know, when it comes to this passage that we read, it talks about digging digging deep foundations, and then building our lives upon the rock. And what we need to build and and what we need to do is to dig in the places that will lead us to the rock, because that's where we need to build our foundations. And as I said, this is personal in in some of the story that I'm sharing here. Things I've I've been, I've found to be a blessing in the last uh, six, ten months. But but I I pray that there'll be these areas, I'm just going to share a couple of them quickly, that I've found that have helped, that I've been digging in, that have led me to the rock. And the first one is this, digging gratitude. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. So even when life's tough, be thankful. Even Always find something. There is always a reason to be thankful. You know, even if it, just, if it comes to the air that you breathe, or even this morning when we've been sharing communion and you pick up that, the, the, the cup and, and uh, you know, you've got a reason to be thankful, don't we? 
Because our eternity is secure. All these things, we've got a reason to be thankful. And I believe this, that, that gratitude is the superpower of the Christian and we don't tap into it enough. We don't tap into it enough. You know, we think that, you know, we, my son loves superhero films, uh, Marvel films, and each you know, of the superheroes have their own ca- characteristic of things that they can do and things that, 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 you know, the powers that they have. Listen, let's tap into the superpower we have, which is gratitude. Put into practice what the Bible says. I heard this uh, from somebody that says that gratitude and anxiety cannot live together in the brain at the same time. And that's a wonderful thing to know, that if, if gratitude and anxiety can't live together in the brain at the same time, then we need to be grateful to deal with the stuff that's in our, our lives. Another thing that I found that's been really helpful is the idea of silence. You know, we live in a world that's so noisy. It's got so much noise around us. There's always voices shouting at us through screens, through, uh, through media, through culture. All these things are, are, are part of that. But actually, we just live in a noisy world. We've made the world noisy as humans when we've inhabited it. And I was watching this YouTube video that was talking about the power of silence and the importance of silence. And it says that there's only one place hidden in some deep, dark forest in America that is the only place in the USA that is free of noise, noise pollution. And it's like our, our minds are not, uh, are not meant to be able to deal with it. It's like we're not built to deal with all this noise coming at us all the time. And there's something important that we see in the life of Jesus that he modeled when it says that Jesus often withdrew to a quiet place. It was, there's something about that that was, a, that was intentional and it's key in our lives that we need to learn the, the, the importance of silence. See, when it comes to our prayer time, as I say, sometimes we just dig when times are hard. But actually, do we listen and dig with our listening to make sure that, we've, uh, that, that we're hearing what God is saying to us? Our prayer times ought to be two-way. Asking God what he's saying to us. The Bible says, he who, he who has an ear, let them hear. So there should be something about us hearing what God is wanting to say. Let's understand the difference between solitude and isolation. See, isolation can just be, I just want to get away from everything. And that can be a temptation when life's hard. But there's something about solitude that puts in practice something of an intentionality about getting away and being with just you and your creator. You know, people even do it in the natural where they're like, oh, it's great to be away at one with nature. Listen, we've got one who we can be better at one with than nature, and that's the, the, the relationship that we, that we have. We're not to worship the create, creation, but the creator. Another area that we need to dig deep in is the power of praise. You know, when Paul and Silas were in prison, life was not great, but they praised and something happened and the chains broke and they were involved in this prison break. And, they, you know, there was an amazing thing that took place in that cell around about midnight. And I'll tell you that there's something important about tapping into the power of praise. What we've been singing this morning about the battle belongs, we joked that Tiff had a playlist that she would just almost play on repeat in October, November, December, when things were at its most intense. And, and you know, you'd walk into the house and it was shout Jesus from the mountains that was playing. Because, you know, there's something important about praise. There's something important. And, I mean, those times of worship is amazing when you, you've got that intimacy with, with God and, you, you, you know, you're just, like, loving that, that, that time of, of worship. But there is something powerful about stomping around the house and praising and declaring the praises of God over, over your life, over your future, over your family, over what's going on in your life, and saying, I'm going to trust you and I praise you regardless of what's taking place. We need to tap into that in our lives. Yes. God is good. You know, there's other things that I'm sure you could dig into, but what I'm challenging us to do is to pick up this shovel, a spade, and dig into the places that lead you to the rock 
whatever that, that is. And the Bible's full of lots of different things. Let's dig these. And finally, it's a band come. We're going to finish in a moment. The third thing is that we need to build our life on where we've dug deep. On these places that we've dug when it comes to the rock, we need to build our lives there. Because that's where the solid foundation is. I have learned something. This thought came to me. I'm sure it's not a new thought. But, but it came to me over the, the last month or so that there is a difference between assurance and insurance. You see, insurance is what we do in case something happens. And sometimes in our, our lives, we, we take out insurance in case we have an accident. And that's a good. It's legal. It's something that we have to do. But, but when, when the Bible talks about what we have in Christ... It's not insurance in case something bad happens. It's an assurance that we can build our life upon. That He is who He is. That actually when we dig in these areas, we dig down to the rock and we can live our lives based on these foundations. We have an assurance of this. You know, sometimes, and certainly we've had moments where we've questioned where God is. There's times where we've wondered why. But, but I know this, that God is good. And that's an assurance that we have in our lives. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said this, God is too good to be unkind and he's too wise to be mistaken. And when we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. As in, when we don't know what he's doing, we still can trust who he is. Because he is good all the time. And the Bible talks about assurances we have. It talks about the Holy Spirit, you know, assuring us of our salvation assures us that he will keep his promises, that the things that he has said takes place. We sang about it earlier on. As I said before, I know with assurance, and I've been talking about a situation that's affected us as a church, but I know he will build his church because it's an assurance. That's what scripture tells us. We have a guarantee that he is able. And we can know that we can come through the storms of life because we've dug deep. Talking to somebody after the first service, and we're talking about how all things work together for the good of those who love Him. You know, sometimes we don't see that, but we trust it because it's an assurance that God is working it. You know, I, I hope that this morning, if I can do one thing, it's my prayer that it'll just encourage some of you to pick up your hat, put it on, pick up your spade, and go and dig in some areas. I hope today's a good day for you. But maybe today's a tough day. Maybe today is a day where you feel like you've been hit in the face and you're reeling from that. Let's go back to our story. It's not finished yet. Still in the process of it and to some extent, but as I said, in some ways we still come through this storm. Christmas was a time, timely break. And we had a decision to make at Christmas as to whether we appealed or not. And we knew that if we appealed the planning decision, then it was going to kick all the stuff back up. But we, and I didn't really have a conviction either way, if I'm honest. I was like, I was wondering at times why God, God was speaking in other areas, but he never seemed, I was looking for a word that I could say, yes, we need to appeal. And I never got that. But I did what I would encourage other people to do is to go back to what he'd said, the journey he'd led us and just put that into practice. Go to the last thing he said. So we trust him. We submitted the appeal and yes, it did kick things off again. It wasn't quite as bad. And four or five weeks ago, we got the news. We're waiting on the outcome of what the reporter said. And the reporter came back, which 
has always been our, our, our you know, feeling that, or, you know, it's always been our opinion of how it should be. But he made the decision that no planning permission was required at all. So it paves the way for us to take ownership of the building after all. And, you know, we've worked through a whole pile of stuff with that to make sure that we're not going to annoy our neighbours and we'll continue to honour that. But, but who knows? God sees the end from the beginning. And there may have been things, and, and I do believe as I look back, and I'm not sharing the whole story today, but, but I look back on these last few months and I see how the decisions were that didn't allow us to get planning permission have enabled us to not need planning permission, which takes away a whole pile of stuff which would be a challenge potentially to us going forward. You know, God knows what he's doing. And if we never had the opposition, we wouldn't have had the victory. And that's the reality of our God. We've been maybe fortunate to see the purpose. We might not always see it. But this morning, I challenge you, dig deep on good days, dig deep in the right areas, and build your life on where you've dug. Let's bow our head and pray. As I was just praying for this and I shared this in the first service, that I felt challenged just to, I felt literally something in my heart. I was listening or reading something and it was talking about people who are like running or doing some physical exercise. And it says that when you feel like you've got nothing left, when you feel like you're spent, actually, physically, that's your mind telling you that to, to give up. But physically, you still have 40% of your reserves still in the tank and I just felt this morning to say to somebody here as I said I don't know if it was first or second service but but I just felt to, to challenge somebody here you feel like you've got nothing left but actually you've dug deep before and there's still reserves there that you can draw from that you've still got stuff left God is with you it's time to continue to dig deep absolutely but but God is, God is with you middle of that you've still got the reserves to tap into Bible says that he's given us everything that we need to live this life of godliness my challenge church this morning is it's time to dig deep Father I pray Lord for people in this room today Lord for your church here Lord that we will dig deep that we'll put on our hat that we'll pick up our spade and we'll go and we'll dig deep foundations Lord, if it's a good day, we'll dig. We'll develop that relationship with you. Lord, if it's a, a hard day, we'll continue to dig anyway because, Lord, we, we need to find the rock that we can build our life upon. I thank you, Lord, that you are a firm foundation. I thank you that you are the rock that we can build our lives upon. Lord, I thank you you see the end from the beginning. And, Lord, whatever challenges people may be facing here, Lord, it may be physical, it might be financial, it might be relational, whatever it might be, Lord, I pray that they will dig deep in the right areas and that we will stand firm as your word says that we'll live out of obedience and that we will see those foundations go deep Lord so that we can see Lord the things that you've placed in our heart come to pass Lord I pray your blessing upon every person here every church every every person who's part of your church here Lord I pray your blessing here on this church and Lord even as we're talking about digging foundations Lord I, Lord I, even as Stephen was praying earlier on Lord, we believe that the foundations for the building of this place has already been dug. And Lord, I look forward to see the building that comes to fruition. And Father, today we continue to dig deep, knowing you who you are, 
knowing what you've promised, knowing what you've said, Lord, that what you've said will come to pass. So, Lord, we believe that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship the Lord as we finish this morning. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Please feel free to contact us through our website, foundchurch.co.uk, or you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.